I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? Podcast Network Asia. This episode is brought to you by Podmetrics. Podmetrics is a podcast analytics platform that enables podcasters to see all the relevant data they need to know about their podcast's audience. Sign up now at podmetrics.co and use the referral code RESTING2XPOD. Again, the code RESTING2XPOD. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zeta Zane. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. Hey, this is TJP, the Phil and Flash, and you are listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Listening to the longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C, Romaran, and Chino Liao coming to you on the week of Christmas. Uh, we're actually recording this two days before Christmas Day, and as we said to you on the last live stream of 2020, uh, tong last two episodes natin for the year will be audio only and recorded because the good people at PNA also have to celebrate the holidays. <laughs> Uh, it's been a pretty tough holiday for me, so I hope you guys are having a better time out there. How about you, Chino? You're with family, diba? Akala ko tinawanan mo yung the fact that they're celebrating holidays. Like, no, I'm just <laughs> la- la- I'm just laughing self-deprecatingly at myself because okay. like I haven't stopped working, and uh, I guess I've resigned to my fate. Yeah, at I, this point, <laughs> I am I am with most of my family. I have two siblings who couldn't make the trip back. But yeah, so far so good. Well, that makes two of us row because I am also still in work mode probably until Christmas Eve or probably until Christmas it's out. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a very weird year. We're actually going to recap everything for the year-end awards, which we're also recording on this day. But that's uh, set to come out right in between Christmas and New Year's. So for this episode, we're going to be reviewing TLC. We're going to get into a little bit of news outside the ring. And then we'll be breaking down and predicting Wrestle Kingdom 15. So normally we're like super excited uh, at this time of the year just because you know uh, holiday season and all that but it's been so weird now it hasn't even dawned on me now we're about to enter into the WrestleMania season of New Japan so um it, it's just a little bit too much to take in right now so let's try to take things one bit at a time and let's start with a TLC review so before we get into yung uh breakdown natin of the little things that happened my expectations for you heading into this one, like, were there any big things that you wanted to happen? I expected it to be sucky. Uh, let's be honest here. I, I expected it to be not as good as the final product, and I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah he's I, right. 
it seems like the WWE or booking team or whatever does a better job pacing three-hour pay-per-views more than pacing three hours of Raw. We got the same thing with the Hell in a Cell eh? and, and, and if I'm not mistaken, another pay-per-view before that. But for some reason, these three-hour pay-per-views are a lot more watchable than all three hours of Raw. And it's, it's perplexing why they aren't as consistent. Uh, no, I actually can't explain that. And it's something that I keep forgetting, actually. Uh, the more you subject yourself to the grind of watching the TV shows every week. Uh, the TV shows are really setups for the for the main the main product, which is the pay-per-views. The pay-per-views are always, always a culmination of everything. And the TV shows are always uh, full of segments that you don't like, writing you don't like, matches that don't really mean anything. Uh, they're all building up to the pay-per-view which is all matches that are ideally you're going to showcase. So uh, I keep forgetting the fact that, especially more so during the quarantine, the pay-per-views have been good because they have been largely no-nonsense. So uh, I don't know. Um, I also did expect it to be sucky, especially after years of TLC Pass and the idea of the, 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 the very idea that you have to build a pay-per-view, an entire pay-per-view around the TLC format, and um, it turned out well because mostly I think I also touched upon this in my review for SmartKenyu.com. The TLC pay per view didn't have the other stuff, the other side matches, now tables match, chairs match, ladders match. Well, that and the TLC was just TLC, and they kept it largely to that. Everything else was just uh, a basic match that focused on how the wrestlers wrestlers wrestled. Uh, with, with the exception, of course, of the Firefly Inferno match, which we'll get to later. Yeah, um, I didn't really have many expectations myself. I guess for me, I just wanted to really get to the Roman Reigns match. Because when we were doing our predictions, this is the match that you should watch out for. And to be fair to everybody involved, it actually delivered and then some. So now we might as well start with that. Because um, aside from the Firefly Funhouse closing the show, that was pretty much the main event. It was really the match that everybody ended up talking about um, from, from start to finish, right? Uh, I, I love what they did with Kevin Owens here because um, it's kind of hard to see in Kevin Owens the heel that he used to be because they've repackaged him in such a way that sobrang scrappy underdog. Niya na, na you really can't help but root for him. And ang ganda ng contrast niya to Roman Reigns who's so entitled, such a prick. And then uh, you know he's gonna cheat and yet when Jey Uso does, it's still part of that suspense. Like, I knew na foregone conclusion that Roman was gonna retain, but there were so many points throughout the match that I was like, uy, bakit na? Or, wow, they're actually doing it. So, I have to give props to the people who put that match together because it was actually well executed. Yeah, speaking of well executed, I was actually very surprised by having the Firefly Inferno match close the show. These matches are very still very hard to get accustomed to because they're not matches in the traditional sense. Yes, there's a ring, but there are no definite uh, ways to win, almost. Yeah. Like like with the Swamp match with Braun Strowman, nobody really knew. We only assumed that Strowman lost, but nobody really knew what. There wasn't an official uh, there saying now raising Bray Wyatt's hand, and it's the same way here. Yes, okay, fine. So yes, counted yun na talo siya 
technically. But it wasn't really in defined terms. People were left to assume na, ah, okay, so nasunog siya. So, ibig sabihin, talo na siya. Instead of like your traditional one, two, three, or a tap out. Oh, no, no, they actually explained it in commentary. Uh, Michael Cole... Oh, that, those no, are no, no, the rules no, no. of an Inferno um, match. Not just that. It's not just they imply that you know what it, what the rules were. But they also did explain on commentary. I think Mike Rome or someone explained before the match that somebody had to get set on fire, like a part of okay. them. Yeah, like okay. any part of their body. Is, oh, okay. that why, explain that. why I thought the match was over when... Uh, when, when his back was on fire, right? when his back was on yeah. fire, yeah. But all of us, they had Randy Orton had to set uh, the fiend entirely on fire, that's actually, and that was weird to me. That that actually is the part I was focusing on because uh, it was gratuitous for him to set Bray on fire. I mean, obviously he needs a Bray. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Clear enough, yeah. But, but but it was really good. But again, it's it's gratuitous. It's it it it. Does it give the match a definite end? You know what I'm trying to say here. Uh, okay, walang, I don't know where. Well, I'm telling a gray. you know what I mean. So for uh for if you're watching a movie, that's fine. But if you're watching a wrestling match, you kind of need that bell to, to determine your start and end. Actually, don't know where to start because you guys uh, went off on two separate threads. Uh, Stan talked about. <laughs> oh, hey, nagulat ako na si Chino biglang nag Firefly Inferno, and I was like. Uh, setting up uh, uh, so yeah, Roman I guess and Kevin Owens. Tackle them in order. Uh, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, which is really good. I think um, if we were to go back to the argument we made in the War Games review, now only one gimmick match should happen in these gimmick pay per views. I definitely do believe that Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns deserve the TLC main event and the only TLC match on the show. Uh, the card was paced, uh, was was written, was structured enough to separate the two TLC matches way, way far apart from each other. So it uh, both matches felt fresh. Uh, Stan was right. Uh, Kevin Owens really does a good job. I think he really believes that he is the everyman uh, babyface. And I think that that self-belief is what's lacking in a lot of these uh, babyface characters. So para, uh, I think babyface who is fighting for his family. Uh, because he he has a way, he has a certain way with words in making us buy into that fact. So props to him. I do believe I, I do believe that he is the top face at the moment, more so than someone like Daniel Bryan. So I, I don't think there's a defined top face in on SmackDown right now. So it, I would very much like for him to be that top face. Uh, I want to see more of this. I want to see more of Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. Uh, I knew, I think we all knew or we all thought that this was just going to be like a filler feud for the eventual Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan feud that they have waiting in the wings. I think they're uh, uh, working on that right now after TLC. But I wanted to see more of it. Like Kevin Owens made me want to see more of it. And that is a rare feat as well. I think when we talk about um, WWE storylines, I think we're all uh, just waiting for them to end so we can move on to the next thing. I thought I want, I really want to see more of it, and that is an uncommon feat. Yeah. Uh, then to the Firefly Inferno match. Um, I'm not so much a fan of these stunts anymore. Like, uh, especially having been in the business and knowing the dangers, I'm just glad that they they did this in a safe way. Like they they obviously had it under control. Uh, it wasn't just some random stunt for the sake of stunts. Uh, they're also, I guess, building toward a 
uh, character transformation for The Fiend, which is welcome again as well. Because I think The Fiend has ran its course, especially after getting beaten by Goldberg, by Braun Strowman, by Seth Rollins, Kai Tapano. So um, looking forward as well to whatever else new, what, what new, whatever new thing uh, Bray Wyatt, the guy, has in store for us. So yeah, I think he's creative enough to give us something cool. I actually thought they were building towards another Firefly Funhouse match for some reason. I don't know, man. I I, I can't. I think that's, I think what, I, that's what I thought was coming. You said about Alexa was saying, uh, oh. something you're going to be unprepared or you're going to change when something like that, right? So apparently she was implying that it was going the change was going to happen to Orton. And, he, t- he tweeted a picture of an of a cocoon, <laughs> and he said, "Thank you." Yeah, I thought it was a reasonable ask to to expect that it would be another Firefly Funhouse match. Like it would have been Bray yeah. Wyatt's signature match. By the way, that the casket match is the Undertaker's signature match. So the fact now we got an Inferno match is kind of weird. But I'm actually gonna echo Ro here. Nah, it it made sense because there there was weirdly long term storytelling in play. But they were harking back to the 2017 feud nila where Randy Orton burned the house where Sister Abigail right. supposedly was at. So. In a way, all of these things made sense, even uh, most especially the fire element, which, like Ro, I've also grown very, very averse towards because of um, having learned about the business and the general safety of it all. Uh, but after yung reports uh, came out na they'd shot that segment earlier in the day, na there was actually just a dummy that was dressed up to look like the fiend. Um, Kahit paano naging kampanting love ko eh, na, okay, WWE wasn't gonna botch this. So, there there isn't a, a whole lot to get angry about. In I, terms feel of like the, funny. Sorry, <laughs> I feel like Sorry. if there was a company that wasn't gonna botch something like this, it'd be the WWE. Yeah, they, agree, they agree. have such a world-class production over there, and not to mention the safety protocols they have in place now. It's kind of gonna be kind of hard for them. Who got that? Yes, COVID, all that. Yes, fine. But it's gonna be Owen Hart and his estate would like to argue, sir. Yeah, but uh, post post na yun eh, di ba? We're, we're we're talking about what happened after the. Kaniya jo karni pa yung WWE ng panahong yun. Yeah, di ba? It was in the it was in the nineties. You can't compare nineties WWE to present day WWE. Are we gonna compare? Uh, I mean, this is a, a multi-billion dollar company right now with... Uh, yeah, with, they have a performance center. With a bunch of LED so, screens in, a, in an arena. So I, I would assume... So you level of production. They put all that effort into producing these hokey cinematic matches for for whatever it's worth. And you know, they do a good job at it. They have... that production arm for a reason and so I actually didn't doubt that if they were going to set somebody on fire they do it in the proper way not that there's a proper way to set <laughs> well, apparently somebody there is, on fire by but, using a dummy <laughs> but, but apparently there is and they, they showed us that and it, it actually it actually I'm curious about how they did the initial spot where Ray was actually on fire so Sanami I feel like that was a stunt guy Sana, Sana. not actually the Sana. I feel like that was a stunt because there are stunt people who are trained for that, um, and and the cuts make it feel like somebody was swapped out. Okay, okay. But, Here's a question for you guys: Do we count the Firefly Inferno match as a cinematic match? No. I, yes. I, I don't know. Okay, I, I guess it was uh, produced via cinematic means. I guess that's why you could call it one. But 
I don't know. My, my definition of a cinematic match is it takes place away from the ring with cinematic, actual cinematic production values. I, I guess it it also kind of barely makes it in. Oh yes, because it's just the amount of production they put in of special effects yeah, of good. doctoring. Even if the location was still inside the performance center, the production value they put into it, it's, it's not like your traditional match. You can't really just put that up in any other arena, right? Because of the amount of work that they put into making this match. Pivot naman tayo to the other stuff that went down sa TLC. If you have um, nothing else to say about yung two main events of the show. Um, we came into it with a lot of predictions and I actually got spoiled before we got to our watch party with our patrons. So pretty much everything we predicted got checked off. Miz was gonna cash in, Charlotte was gonna come back, the Hurt business, business would finally win. Hindi ko alam kung ibig sabihin ba nito na naging predictable na yung WWE booking or are we such experts and long-time fans now we can clearly telegraph things from a mile away. What can you say about the fact that these are things that we saw coming and then they actually manifested themselves at the pay-per-view? I feel like this is them giving the fans what they want. I'm not saying we're the voice of the fans here. But it can't be denied that all three of us are echoing what a lot of people have been clamoring for in terms of storytelling here. That they put the hurt business over that they that you know that they give somebody uh somebody like Asuka a significant challenger right? and and it's them giving us that it's it's remember how a few weeks ago or last week if I'm not mistaken we I we talked about the WWE's reaction to the low raw the raw uh, ratings right? how they're gonna make some reactionary changes to to everything I feel like this is going to be the start of all of that. Um, as to the predictability thing, I don't think it was a matter of them being predictable because it still could have gone any other way. Like I didn't see Miz turning it, uh, pulling a Seth Rollins happening. Uh, I, I, that wasn't in my bingo card, if you will. So I also didn't foresee him losing uh, his cash in. So I don't think it's a matter of them being predictable. Yeah, I, I would agree with what China said in saying that it was them giving us what we want and what we wanted was in line with what was logical so uh good on them uh if i think if they did become unpredictable it would have been something that we might not have wanted to be fair gumana naman yung unpredictability of the way that the miz cashed in kasi yun nga uh, nobody has really cashed in the way rollins has since seth rollins and it's kind of weird na Money in the Bank has existed for this long and the Rollins cash-in has only really happened twice. So um, that caught me off guard. But I'm, I'm just really disappointed that The Miz isn't WWE champion. Like, I really felt that the, cha- uh, the chaos of a TLC match would have been the perfect situation for The Miz to come out of nowhere and become champion right away. So where do you guys stand on Drew retaining Paren against AJ and The Miz in the same match? Alamo, if if Drew didn't lose to Orton a few months, a couple of months back, or last month, was that last month or a couple of months? Helen said last month. Helen said Helen said last month. Uh, if he didn't have that break in his championship reign, I think uh, it would have been more problematic. If he, for I mean his retain his retention would have been more problematic. Like uh, he has to 
reestablish himself again or continue establishing himself, which was why I wasn't so mad at AJ and Miz losing. Uh, I, I didn't feel like they were the guys then to carry Raw. I didn't feel yeah. like it was their time. So yeah, it's okay. Uh, I, I am actually more invested in whatever thing they're building up with Sheamus here. I think the fact that they are telling the story over a long, long time or what seems to be a long time is more intriguing and compelling to me. Same, I agree. I actually didn't see The Miz successfully cashing in uh, after uh, the many, many weeks he's had the briefcase because he he can eat the loss. I don't feel like he needs a title right now. I don't feel like he needs even the TLC, uh, sorry, the Money in the Back briefcase. He's the type of guy that at the point of his career where he can just do whatever he wants now because he's that he's a tenured veteran essentially in the WWE. So I I didn't feel like yeah. he could have used the title or even carried the raw. It, he didn't need that shine on him. Uh, Drew McIntyre, on the other hand, is still pretty much if he loses the title, right? And I'm sorry if I'm jumping all over the place here. If Drew McIntyre drops the belt to the Miz, who doesn't need that belt, Drew McIntyre will essentially lose more. Because people have grown tired of him as a champion, and he'll have to work twice as hard to get people back without the belt. At least with the title, it gives you something to focus on. Right. So, okay, uh, since Ro mentioned Sheamus uh, in the main event conversation, what do you think about the ending of Raw? Was that a heel turn? Uh, was that, or is Sheamus, uh, did Sheamus never turn face at all? Was he always just some tweener? Oh, I don't get what they're going for here because um, I guess the end game is still Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. It's just that the way that they're going about it now presents a twist that I don't fully digest. Actually, uh, as someone who's been catching up, really been caught up on Raw, um, it really is a really good, really well-fleshed out uh, three-dimensional tweener character. So uh, Seamus likes Drew, even though he's technically an asshole. Um, he is an asshole to Miz and Morrison as well. And he's also an asshole to Keith Lee uh, because Keith Lee doesn't trust him. So I think uh, he's... I think he's a tweener character because nobody can really fully buy him as a face and prefer him to be healed. I think this yeah. is as face as he's going to get. At this point, and then he's he's just gonna go back to being a heel when he inevitably feuds with Drew. Yeah, same. I feel like you were going to get another breakup here, uh, as far as tag teaming is concerned. Uh, they've been building them as a two as a duo as a threesome, so I feel like we're gonna get to a point where uh, eventually they break up and fight. Um, they're building towards it very well. It's incredibly well paced for me. Uh, because you know, see, Sheamus, basagulera talaga siya. That's always been he's a hooligan. That's always been his character from the very beginning. Uh, so I like how they're still sticking to that, focusing on that, and yet trying to make him a little nicer, a little lighter by pairing him with somebody like Drew McIntyre. Yeah, um, I I just don't want Sheamus to go back to young 2012 self, yeah. When he was the when he was basically Drew McIntyre, the way Drew is now, 
That was Sheamus as world champion following the 18-second match against Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 28. Right? If you guys remember that version of Sheamus, it was very boring. It was very vanilla. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I, I can buy it when you guys say that this is as babyface as Sheamus is going to get. So, I'm... I'm still excited to see where this is gonna go. Obviously, it's not as compelling as uh, Roman versus Kevin Owens or the Roman Reigns J Uso uh, arc as a whole, diba. Right? Uh, but with Raw, you're probably just gonna take what you can get. So okay, um, let's talk about the women now, and we're gonna stick to Raw because Charlotte Flair came back as we predicted, and as we also predicted, she and Asuka are now the new uh, women's tag team champions. So. Seeing Charlotte on Raw cut these babyface promos, just being a very happy girl, basically being 2015 Charlotte all over again, except more well-defined, uh, was also very jarring. Parang di ko siya inexpect kasi uh, I guess I've been so used to seeing Charlotte have that swagger, whether she's a babyface or a heel. It, this version of Charlotte was just so nice. Too nice. I think the, big, the bigger problem yeah, is what do you guys feel about them, uh, Charlotte and Asuka, suddenly being friends. Like, oh, okay. it gets kasha in on on a degree that you were once um, bitter rivals, once heated bitter rivals, heated rivals, and then you suddenly have a friendship out of respect. But uh, I was looking for an explanation to that, and we barely got one on Raw. Yeah, um, I don't know, because si Asuka, parang nawalan din siya ng pangil eh. When when she yeah. turned face uh, following Becky's maternity leave, it's like they defanged Asuka. All of a sudden, she's hugging Becky, diba? Right? Like, literally moments before that, Asuka wanted to dismantle Becky Lynch physically. And then Becky reveals, I'm gonna be a mother. Oh, congratulations! Starts hugging Becky Lynch. And then the Kyrie Sane um, departure happens. And, well, well yun, mas maintindihan mo kasi tag team partner sila, diba? Pero following that, it's like, uh, yes, she still has the nobody is ready for Asuka bit going for her. But it's like, she's less of a badass than she was initially presented as. And I would have appreciated kung unti-unting nawala yung pagka-badass niya. Pero hindi, biglang all of a sudden pagka sabi ni Becky, Oh, nanay na nga pala ako. Oh, I love humanity. Rainbows and butterflies everywhere. Now, to be fair, I think ever since, Af- ever since Asuka lost to Charlotte in Mania, she's already been defended. I, I haven't been able to see her in the same NXT light as the Azaka of old, simply because they've just been mistreating her up until she got the Raw Women's uh, Raw tag. Uh, sorry, the Women's Tag Team Titles, and even then, I couldn't really hold her up uh, in such high regard because it was still it wasn't still her own thing. She was still in a tag team, and it was always to use. She was it was always to use another person over up with her. You know what I'm saying? So I, I never really got to the point wherein as an original Asuka fan, as a fan of her NXT run, I've seen her in that same light. I don't know. I don't have I don't have strong feelings about the fan because like I, I, I welcome the New Day. Like I like the New Day and I like Street Profit. So I kinda like these goofy characters. And I don't think their goofiness takes away from what they can do in the ring. I think Asuka, to me, has proven that she is still every bit as good in the ring, despite her not being the bad as she once was. So it's not a big problem to me. But I can see where it is a big problem to you guys and to other people. So I don't know. Uh, to me, I, I've just accepted it, I think. And 
I think it's also necessary for for acts like Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax to flourish because I, I don't think you have space for more than one badass in the division. Yeah, um, I, I guess. Yung pagkukulang lang siguro for me um, goes back to yung sudden shifts, di ba? Uh, Charlotte left na ang, ang dami niyang angst um, over the NXT Women's Championship, over Rhea Ripley, and then yung nga, um, right around the same time was when Asuka suddenly just became this um, happy-go-lucky babyface character. So, if if they just done a little bit better with contextualizing everything for us, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Um, I, I get that they tried. I'll recognize the effort by putting Charlotte in sa guest commentator spot, di ba? And having her explain why she came back. Pero napakapabebe rin ng dating, eh, na parang um, this is not the time for the pabebe explanations. This is the time to actually explain your motivations. And they didn't capitalize on that opportunity. What if this is just them working their way to a sport? Like, yeah, I think it is. I think it is working their way to the swerve. I mean, there is going to be a swerve. We've seen these stories too many times for it. Yeah, to and be this is Charlotte Flair. She's so, after the gold, diba? They always make mention of her 12 time uh, women's champion status, as if to say na it's a foregone conclusion that she'll eclipse Ric Flair's 16 time world champion status. And yeah, papunta. Yeah, papunta. I mean, it's still denying that. The fact that they gave her her last name. Right. It's already yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yon. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I guess I just want more out of my storytelling. That That's really it. Okay. Uh, last point here for TLC before we take a break. The Hurt Business has realized yung kanilang, um, kanilang destiny for all of the guys there to be holding championships. It's actually a very familiar storyline that is close to my heart. And I was pretty happy to see that shit on WWE television. Yeah, that's really good. Good stuff. They are now the mid-card mafia. Yeah, WWE. okay though. I don't mind yeah. it. Like, I don't, I'm not ready to see Bobby Lashley be WWE champion anyway. And I don't think MVP is yeah, going to be no. WWE champion. Pero uh, to see that he was able to pull it off and lead Lashley, Cedric, and Shelton to championship gold by the end of 2020, when at the start of this year, wala, where was MVP? We didn't know where MVP was. I'm actually happy with MVP where he's at right now in his career. I don't think he needs a title. The fact that yeah, he's he pulling need the title. strings behind the hurt business is enough for me. Part-timer is MVP in the game. Like, he, he is leaving the, the wrestling mostly to the other three guys. What can you say about the average age of the Hurt Business? Now, they're all well into their 40s, except for Cedric. I think Cedric's like close to our age. Uh, but Shelton is 45. Lashley is in his Cedric, early 2000s. Cedric is old. Cedric is really old. I've been watching him in Ring of Honor in the early 2010s. So, there's a Cedric Alexander is 31 years old. Oh, yeah. So, wow. He's, yeah. he's a veteran. He's a veteran, but he's not old. Like, he's yeah, really right. around our no, age. I understand where you're yeah, okay. from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so Cedric is 31. MVP is pushing what uh, 50, or if he's not uh, past 50. At MVP is really old. He started late. Yeah. Uh, so, yung, uh, what, what can you say about the average age? Nila na, I don't know. It, it's taken so long. Like When you think about it, Shelton is 17 years in between tag title reigns. I don't think anybody mentioned that on the TLC broadcast. His last tag title reign was at Charlie Haas in 2003. So there's... No, wait, that, that stat doesn't matter because he's been having singles championships after that. 
the reason why he hasn't been tag champion since then is because he's been focused on being a single wrestler. No, but I bring this up to tell you na sobrang ibang klase yung longevity wait, wait, niya as, okay, a, as a wrestler. Me, let me just tie a nice bow around this and say that as a as an older person amongst the three <laughs> of us and a perpetual late bloomer in life, I don't have a problem seeing people who are advanced in age gain championships amongst a younger crowd. Diba? There's this saying that goes, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, very clearly you can. Because if they were stuck in their ways, they wouldn't be given the titles. Diba? If the if the youngins want to step up, then that's an example that they have to put up with. Diba? There, there's, there's a certain standard in the WWE and apparently in the Hurt Business, despite them being older than most of their roster, have met that standard. That quote-unquote gold standard. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't I don't see the issue with age here. Like it's not like they're they are hoarding the the WWE championship, Diva. Um I don't really mind. Uh, I hope that the entire stable is a vehicle for Cedric to get over as a single star, like be the the black Randy Orton, if you will. Sure, yeah. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Um I, I guess basing on your reactions, you're um probably misunderstanding it as me complaining about WWE making these old guys champions. That's not what I'm trying to say. Um what what I'm trying to marvel at is one, you got the longevity of these guys' careers. Number two, the fact that they're in such good shape. Uh, for guys in their mid to late 40s MVP's 47 uh, Lashley's 45 uh, So is Shelton um, it, it blows my mind I guess Nah, they're, they're in such good shape um, for, for guys in their 40s In their mid 40s When in generations past um, Yeah, these guys would still be in the business It's just that you wouldn't expect them To be in peak physical shape anymore Does that make sense? Yeah, I get what you're coming from And I'm okay. going to circle back to a previous argument We've had before but in WWE, if there's a reason these guys are in shape, it's because they need to be in shape. They aren't going to keep casting them or they wouldn't even bring Shelton and Lashley and MVP back if they weren't in shape. If they did bring them back, they wouldn't be given permanent roles on the roster because they wouldn't be able to keep up with the demand. Right, so it's just it's just a matter of keeping yeah. up with the standards set before you, whether that was ten years ago, twenty years ago, or standards set before you today. That and they have some really good genes between Lashley and uh, and Shelton. They have some really really good genes. <laughs> Wrapping a bow around TLC as um, as a pay per view as the last show of the uh, the last pay per view of WWE for twenty twenty. Um, what what grade or where would you uh where would you put it as a spectrum I guess from like A to F or something? Sorry, since I I did actually grade the show, uh, smart at me, I gave it B plus, like it was solid. Uh, nothing jumped out too much save for Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. Uh, it was an enjoyable night, and uh, it was a decent uh, way to end the year uh, in WWE side. All right. Okay, uh, we'll take a quick break and let's let our listeners know about how their online shopping can help support the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Shempre, uh, one of the ways you can do that is through our Lazada affiliate link. You know, online shopping never really stops even though it's already Christmas time and, you know, th- those gifts may come in a bit later than Christmas Day. But it is what it is. We are living in the darkest timeline after all. So before you click checkout, 
Um, all we ask is that you use our Lazada affiliate link that is tinyurl.com slash wrestling wrestling x Lazada. Once again, let's spell that out for you. Tinyurl.com slash the word wrestling two times and then the letter X and then Lazada. That takes you straight to the app. And if you're on your desktop, um, we advise that you go to the app Mismo on your mobile phone. Um, it's the best way to, to do that and to support us in the process. Every item you check out and that gets delivered to you uh, gives us a small commission as well as Podcast Network Asia. And well, from, uh, from one wrestling fan to another, it's as good of a Christmas gift as we can ask for here on the show. So if you can help support us that way, it would mean the world to us. So again, that is tinyurl.com slash wrestling wrestling x Lazada. And now we're going to take another break to hear from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Hey there! I hope you're all doing well today. My name is Kara, and just dropping by to let you know that I too have my own podcast. It's called After 30 with Kara Erigel. I talk about love, fear, relationships, career, sex, food, money, books, and how life is so much different and oddly the same after 30. So when you're done listening to this episode, go ahead and check out mine. Again, it's After 30 with Kara Erigel, available wherever you get your podcasts. See you there! Since we're not on Kumu at wala tayong shoutouts, let's get straight to our next part of the podcast, which is the news outside the ring. So this week, we found out that WWE is looking into a Lucha Libre-focused weekly show and reports are coming out that Chavo Guerrero is attached to the project. And this isn't surprising in the least because Chavo has already been dabbling in TV naman, um, as a behind-the-scenes guy in, in recent years, most notably on GLOW when he was the, um, the stunt coordinator behind the scenes. So what do you guys think about this, uh, th- this new show? And um, will this be a good outlet finally for the Kalistos and the uh, Grand Metaliques on their roster? What wasn't uh, touched on in your, uh, in your reading of this is that they're kind of looking to make this a sort of NXT Mexico uh, show. So it's weird. Um, the description also kind of says that it's an NXT Mexico show, but it's still geared toward the American audience. So I think um, if you're going to make a regional variety show, you should do it like the UK, NXT UK and just focus on catering, catering it to um, the, the Mexican audience. But I, I will say that if WWE is doing a Lucha show, then it's probably not going to make it Lucha style, like 100% pure Lucha style. Um, I think they're still going to inject the WWE formula in it, the slower pace. Uh, I'm not sure how much uh, acrobatics we're going to see if, if it's going to be any closer to Lucha Underground in style and speed and in formula. So if it's not, then I don't really quite see the point of this, especially when you have like 205 Live. I am actually going to go contrary to what Rose said here. Uh, see, Chavo Guerrero is actually, it's funny how he mentioned Lucha Underground. Uh, Chavo Guerrero was also an agent on Lucha Underground. So he is the perfect bridge for something that's a little more WWE and something that's a little bit more Lucha. He's the perfect midpoint for all these things. Now, that said, the Latin American market is huge. Like, you guys, like, it's, it is severely underestimated how much 
the WWE is lacking in Latin American representation and, and exposure in, in that region. They didn't really do a good job with your Andrades and your Grand Metaliques of, of the world, the Sincaras of the world that had to leave and explore your opportunities elsewhere. So I feel like if they do go down this route and open an NXT Mexico of, of sorts, it's pretty good for expansion. It makes more sense to me to expand on that part of the world than to expand to Asia. Simply because wrestling is an already established sport that's closer to them in, in Mexico. I just don't know if they're going to accept kasi, like a WWE, an Americanized style of yeah. of their of their style because I think Lucha Fair. Underground was really faithful to Lucha Libre. <laughs> Fair, but then again, WWE is also exploring going towards Japan. The Japanese are are very faithful to their own That's style true. of wrestling. So hindi natin alam kung work yun eh. So I mean, everything's still up in the air at this point. Yeah. Um. All, all I'll say is it's always good when WWE pays attention to, the, to these uh, markets outside the US because one, it creates opportunities and two, it's a, it, it, it's a very concrete way of tapping into these fan bases Now, as Chino mentions, um, don't really get a lot of love or don't get enough love, diba? Uh, masyadong, masyadong cookie cutter yung product ni WWE for the longest time and um, going the route of NXT UK has always been a step in the right direction. That's why, um, diba last week on the stream, we were wondering if NXT India or NXT Japan would also be in the same spirit. So there's that. Um, other news to come out from uh, this week outside the ring. We found out that there will be a Legends show on Raw in a couple of weeks, and Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan were expected or were advertised to appear. Uh, there were actually more names. I think Kurt Angle was among the other names. Now, Mickey James. Yeah, Sean Michaels. Yeah, Mickey James. Mickey, what? Yeah, yeah. Mickey, Mickey James. James is apparently a legend. Mickey now, James is on the roster. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> so why is she marketed as a legend? That's interesting. What the fuck? If you think about it. Because is she is this their way of telling us that she's retired now? I don't know. Um, I Do think I? I saw Alicia Fox there. I could be wrong because I was watching that plug dun sa Raw this week, and I was like, wait a minute, see Alicia Fox bayon? There we go. It's, it's it's an interesting lineup, So from varied, boogeyman, Booker Tori Wilson, Tori Wilson. Okay, it's so cool. it's so random. Cool. Again, you will, we talk about uh, reactionary measures here. This is the most reactionary anything can get. Because clearly they're banking on the 25th anniversary heat that they got during the time right? when they did that whole thing. So maybe we just see them in a series of 24-7 matches. I mean, you know, just okay, I, I still watch Raw weekly, obviously, because of the work we do on the podcast. But anytime they trot out Tori Wilson, even if it's 42-year-old Tori Wilson, I would still simp for that. Oh, hell yeah. Alamo, alamo. Um, we can we can dunk on the idea of bringing legends back because their ratings are down. All we want, but I would blame AEW for this because they made having old people on the show cool again. And uh, I think WWE is taking what worked for AEW and doing it again after it turns out that uh, focusing on your on your full timers, although in a bad way, in a bad. Um, in a bad under, uh, not not as hardworking way, uh, did not work for them. 
I'm actually not dumping on VIP. Right. If it gives me a chance to see Tori Wilson on TV, then I'm all for it. Yeah, clearly the biggest takeaway here is that Tori Wilson will be back on TV in 2020. No, because I'm sure people will dismiss it as a reactionary decision, reactionary booking direction. But um, let's not forget that AEW is partly to blame for this. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to expect. Uh, what, is Ric Flair going to get punted again? Is Randy <laughs> Orton going to go on a legend killer spree? Is he going to RKO Tori Wilson this time? No, he's an arsonist now. He left the goggles at home. But so. <laughs> <laughs> legend killer pa yung hoodie niya, di ba? Oh, di na nga pala sa ano. Di na nga pala sa <laughs> well, if if, uh, if all of this is an excuse for Randy Orton to go attacking the legends, I wouldn't know what to feel. Yeah, I think someone else will attack the legends, not Randy. <laughs> iba naman, oh, well. iba naman uh, whoever that is, it better be worth it. Okay, uh, next up. So, we're recording this on December 23. And as of recording, uh, SmackDown had already taped its episode for Christmas Day in the U.S., and the biggest spoiler to have come out of that, um, by the way, if you don't want uh, spoilers for your SmackDown, just skip ahead another couple minutes into this episode. Five, ten minutes probably. <laughs> yeah. Okay, na, skip ka na. Okay, good. All right. So, uh, the biggest spoiler to come out of SmackDown this week is that Big E has defeated Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship. Finally. Was this uh, too early, too late, or just right? Just right, Jesus Christ. Just right. Big E missed, what, an entire month after being drafted to SmackDown after uh, the New Day separated. So, parang, this is how you make up for it. He, he's been floundering this entire time after the New Day split up. We saw him floundering. He wasn't taking loss after loss. No, but maybe he, has, he wasn't on TV Yeah, he wasn't either. on TV. I would say that was floundering. <laughs> after winning uh, a feud against Sheamus. Uh, okay, fair. Yeah. He wasn't on TV. No, no, for the no. I agree. Time. I agree. After winning a feud against Sheamus, he suddenly uh, was left off TV. So that is angry so, to me. Okay, so 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 and Sami Zayn has had the title for the longest time, and I feel like he hasn't really done anything with it, apart from the later parts of his career where he the the immediacy and the urgency on his part was was ramped up for the most part. Of his title reign, his, his second title reign as an IC champion, I don't feel like he's actually done anything with it, anything significant with it. I'm gonna so, disagree there because I think that Sami Zayn coming back and then immediately going after the IC title he never lost establishing importance to championship. The fact that he was really um, hitting you right in the head with the idea and I never lost, I never got pinned, I have the belt, I'm still the champion, made it so important that they had to have a storyline where there was a ladder match for the two championships. So um, they had to get AJ Styles involved in that feud. That tells you how important the Intercontinental Championship had become as a story. So um, I think that Sami Zayn was actually really important to the title. And even after AJ had gotten drafted to Raw, um, Sami was still annoying enough to make you care that oh, no, he's still the champion. I want to see him get his ass kicked and lose the title para um pagindina sa champion na katawa alam mo like th- those are things that add value to a title i wouldn't say he had been consistent because in the survivor series season he was uh, basically forgotten about there we go. but that's yeah, not his fault so um yeah it's not his fault but uh it wasn't as consistent as you make it sound it was more of half and half and i'm glad that they made up for it with all of this after survivor series especially 
So Big E is yes. now Intercontinental Champion. Um, Sami's gonna end the year without a title. Where do they go from here? Uh, build up toward Roman versus Big E. That's where. That's what I would do. Like champion versus champion, or does With Big E lose the IC no, title not, somewhere no, down no, the no. road? Uh, make Big E a strong Intercontinental Champion, and then have him lose it, but that elevates him to the World Championship level. I feel like he loses it by Rumble so that he has an excuse to win the Rumble. Or he can win the Rumble with it. But then with it... the title? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really see him winning the Rumble and still having the title. Because it's it's such a hard... Yeah, especially if you're so, building up. An, if you're building up. So I don't know. I feel like he loses it by Rumble and then he wins. He, Performs really well at the Rumble. Whether he wins or not, I can't really tell. You know what I wish they they had done with Big E? I wish that they treated him like John Cena from the year 2004. Now, you give him the Midgard Championship at WrestleMania or shortly around the, uh, after that time. And then you make him a fixture in that title picture. And then you give him that big push right around this time of the year. Imbis na, yeah, um, napaka inconsistent nga ng booking niya. Uh, but you know, we, we didn't know that they were going to break up the New Day at the start of the year, so they also couldn't have planned for this, could they? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. They could have, but they did not. Um, I just hope that they make up for it with a really good ring. So uh, I forgot who brought this up, but I saw this on, uh, on the internet. But um, Big E's Intercontinental Championship win makes it seven out of the nine male main roster champions being either African-American or just flat-out people of color. Yeah, um, it's been a while now. I mean, it's not the first. But I mean, the majority of champions being POCs is has been a thing quite for quite some time this year. Yeah, but I think for the Intercontinental Championship, it's been a while since we had a POC na Intercontinental Champion. Okay, I can't remember who the last one was. Exactly. Was... <laughs> so yeah, uh, congrats to Biggie, and I, I guess congrats not to Sami Zayn because that um, that wraps up the Sammy championship. Did... Yeah. Technically, Sammy is a person of color. Yeah, actually, yeah, he is. I would say so. He's just white passing. Mm, fine. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Person, you're right. He is. He is, he is. He's Arabic, right? Yeah, yeah. he's Arabic. Oh. He's half Arabic or half oh. uh, Lebanese. So Sammy Zayn's parents are Syrian. Yeah, I'm Syrian. Yes. There you go. I like how we took time to be PC on uh, this live recording. We we didn't want to get it wrong, and we didn't just want to leave it off and say now, nah, basta they're from that part of the world. Sammy is Syrian. Okay. All right, um, let's move on to our predictions for Wrestle Kingdom 15. We'll probably take a break somewhere in between your predictions, Natin. Um, it is WrestleMania season for New Japan. Uh, that's why we're going to be predicting Wrestle Kingdom 15. And like last year, um, they've got a two-night show. So this will be at the Tokyo Dome. Paren, and the cards aren't as big as they were last year for obvious reasons. Uh course, there's no foreigners because of um, travel restrictions. Uh, heading into this show... I'm actually not sure about the level of involvement ng Stardom because if you remember from last year, it was a big deal that Stardom was going to be part of the card. Stardom has a match on night two on the pre-show. Okay. Again. Uh, they don't get to make the night show. So but do we know who's involved? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Uh, if you recall last year, uh, Hana was on that uh, that match, right? <sighs> yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah, in a tag team match, yes. Yeah, yeah. Shaling na ko, and I, I believe Mayu Iwatani and a couple others whose um whose names just um elude me right now. Uh, so sige, let's uh, go through predictions for Wrestle Kingdom 15, starting off with night one. 
You've got the number one contendership for the junior heavyweight championship on the line. It's El Fantasmo versus Hiromu Takahashi. So Taiji is the current uh, junior heavyweight champion. Yeah, um, El Fantasmo is in this match because he won Super J Cup last couple of weeks ago. Um, but I think that was just for some for I don't know, it's just something for the Gaijin juniors to do. So I think it's gonna be Hiromu for this one. Yeah, you guys, you know, I'm not that invested in New Japan right now, so <laughs> I, I guess Hiromu. All right, cool. Uh, next up, you've got the IWGP Tag Team Championships on the line. Uh, the current champions, Dangerous Techers, that's Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi. They're taking on the Gorillas of Destiny. How did we get here? I think this was a uh, World Tag League win. Wait, let me check real quick. I believe it is. Yeah, I think the GOD won the World Tag League. The first win in the ever. Yeah. Uh, I think it would depend on the, the, the outcome of this match would depend on where G.O.D. will be staying afterwards, if they're going to stay in Japan or in the U.S. Because if they're staying in Japan, then I can see them winning. But I believe they have, uh, I believe they have responsibilities in the, U, in the NJPW of, of America side to say they have NJPW strong. So I think I'm leaning towards the Dangerous Techers retention here. All right. So again, next up, you've got the number one contendership for the IWGP US Championship, which is still being held by John Moxley. And uh, now you've got Kenta, who's um, the current number one contender, and he'll be defending his status against Juice Robinson. So it's a very exciting show for me because um, we haven't really had a high-profile Juice match in what feels like forever. So we're getting that here. Um, but I still want to see Kenta versus John Moxley whenever yeah, the hell that's going to happen. Yeah, this is this is to squash the rumors of John Moxley appearing or not appearing on the show. So it's obvious that he's not appearing on Wrestling Kingdom. Uh, yeah, I agree. Kenta should win this. I think he deserves the match. Uh, he is still the bigger star after all. Uh, Kenta versus John Moxley is the bigger money match. We've seen Mox versus Juice a bunch of times already. It was good, but I want to see Kenta versus Moxley. Yeah, I want to see Kenta versus Mox as well. All right, let's get to the two special singles matches and. Um, you know, we've been we've been watching New Japan for quite some time, but I can still never get over how at their pay-per-views or their events, kailangan talaga na label special singles match. Like, <laughs> I, I guess it's to distinguish it from yung, yung mga championship matches. But apparently, for them, napaka unusual na merong singles match na magblow off at the pay-per-view. So sige, bigay natin sa kanila. Uh, you've got Hiroshi Tanahashi first taking on the Great Okan at night one of Wrestle Kingdom. Is this a big okay. deal, and will this be a star-making moment? It depends on, I think it will depend on, one, what they want to do with the Empire, and two, who is going to win in the next match, uh, Okada versus Osprey. So, um, I think Tanahashi is going to win because he's still the veteran, but Great Okan is going to come come out looking good from this. So, it, it would leave, uh, I predict Okada versus Osprey from here. Yeah, sure. It will leave Osprey to beat Okada. Uh, in the next match. Is it possible for both guys of the Empire to come away with beating two of the biggest names in New Japan on the same night? Uh, I don't know. Uh, anything could happen at this point, but I think uh, the Bookers, which is Gato, likes to play it safe. Um, we've seen him play it safe a bunch of times, and we've also seen him not give in to the short-term hype. So I can still see Tanahashi beating a young guy like Great Okan. 
Uh, is Jeff Cobb still around? Because right? he was in the World Tag League. Yes. He tagged with uh, Great Okan. He so he's still part yes. of the Empire. Yeah, but um, at this point, he's third year because he's a henchman. Okay, let's wrap up night one by predicting uh, the double championship match for Tetsuya Naito and Kota Ibushi. So, nouna kala natin dito mangyayari after Jay White won the briefcase uh, from Ibushi, but apparently Naito needs an opponent for both nights. So, we're getting this one on night one. Yeah, uh, no, no, not just the fact that uh, Naito needs an opponent for both nights. Ibushi needs something to do. <laughs> um, I also don't know what's going to happen because this was uh, part of Ibushi's larger arc because he won uh, G1 Climax last year but lost at Wrestle Kingdom this year. So it, if you follow the pattern, it's uh, when you lose at the first try at New Japan, you usually win the second try. So it's yeah, likely, see Kenny Omega. It's like that he could win. So I'm gonna put my money on that, on Ibushi winning, because I think um, Sana they understand that New Japan kind of needs a shot in the arm right now. It's been a little just there. Stag- it's been okay. I wouldn't say stagnant. It's just really just there. Uh, it's not holding in <laughs> as much interest with the fans at large for quite a while now. So I think you've serviced the fans and give Ibushi that big win he's been chasing. If, I mean, if Evil got to win this year, yo, you guys, give it to Ibushi already. Exactly. Okay. All right. So, parang ano kayo? Decidido uh, kayo that Ibushi is actually winning the big one on night one. Surprising, because I I thought na um, you guys would have predicted Naito so that uh, Jay White could beat him the next night. So, sige, I'll have, uh, we're gonna I'll have words for that when we get to that point. Okay, cool, cool. We'll get the night two predictions in a bit, but first let's take another break so we can tell you about our friends from Shopee because Shopee uh, has been working double time to make sure that you're able to give your loved ones their Christmas gifts even in the time of the pandemic. And Shepard, what that means for us is that we get to shill our Shopee affiliate link. And for us, that's the best Christmas gift we can ask for that you, you use our links because they go a long way towards keeping the podcast running as well as Podcast Network Asia. So before you click checkout on the Shopee website or on the app, please go to our affiliate link, tinyurl.com slash WWPXShopee. Again, that is tinyurl.com slash WWPXSHOPEE. Again, um, every item that you check out and gets delivered to you gives us a small commission. So na, we're going to ask you, Christmas, pa Christmas gift nyo na sa amin to. Uh, please use the Shopee affiliate link. They would really help us out. Again, tinyurl.com slash WWPXShopee. Do it right now. As we get to another message from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Are you a big sports fan? If so, make sure to listen to Off the Record with me, Mix Bustos. Together, we'll get up close and personal with the biggest names in the sports industry. Check it out after listening to this episode. Off the Record is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms thanks to Podcast Network Asia. Catch you guys on my show. Let's get to our predictions for night two of Wrestle Kingdom 15. And we're going to start off with a match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Um, I, I used to call this the Young Bucks match. Like every year. Because it would be the Young Bucks and Red Dragon and whichever other uh, junior heavyweights they could find. Uh, this year, they've got Taguchi Japan taking on Suzuki-gun. So is it still you know, uh, Kanemaru and El Desperado? Still ano, champions? 
And Taguchi Japan is Taguchi and who's his partner this year? It is uh, Master Wato. It's Mix. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Right, so good old Master Wato is on the Wrestle Kingdom card. He'll be, um, yeah, he'll be teaming up with Taguchi. So who's taking this one? Uh, um, I think Suzuki is retaining this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not to say that they're not good. I'm not sure Master Wato is necessarily a comedy act. I wouldn't say so. But he's not super serious as well. So I I would just keep it on Suzuki Gun. All right. Uh, next up, Kuya Jeff Cobb will be on the Night 2 card. He's challenging for the Never Open Weight Championship against Chingo. Oh, this will be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, I want to say, I, I really, really want to say Jeff wins this, but he normally doesn't have that good of a track record to New Japan. Yeah. Uh, it, it depends on his on, on how the Empire is going to be pushed, I think. So if they're all in on the Empire, maybe he could win. But I kind of see Shingo retaining here. To be fair, Jeff Cobb's actually won the title before. Yeah, I know he has. I know he has. But in general, on his own, because he, he hasn't had a good streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've also got a couple of matches na question mark right now. So one of them is the Stardom Exhibition match. This is currently a singles match na hindi pa announced kung sino participants. You've also got a four-way match between TBA, 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 and spoiler alert, TBA for the Provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2021 trophy. So this was the trophy that Toru Yano won last year. Or, yeah. or this year. This year, this year. Yeah, so he's been uh, so he he'd won that and he'd been retaining it in the most creative ways possible. So think of it as their equivalent of I'd say the twenty four seven championship. Cause with uh, with Yano he would try to find these innovative ways to count the opponent out. So it, yeah. it's probably an extension of the story of New Japan Cup. So I wouldn't be surprised if Yano would be part of this match again. Just so make my continuity, but again it's all TBA for now. Again, we're recording this uh, a couple of weeks before Wrestle Kingdom 15. So by the time the show comes around, this could totally be irrelevant. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, okay, next up, you've got a special singles match between Evil and Sanada. Too late na ba to? I guess, but some, they, have, they need something to do. So Sana, um, if they're thinking about a Sanada push, then Sanada might win. But I, I don't know where they stand on Evil right now. I don't know if they've soured on him, but it's also likely that he could win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, parang nalipas na si. I'm sorry if I'm phrasing it in such a bad way. But I feel like Evil has had his time uh, in the spotlight, mm-hmm. so for just this match is like a year too late for me. Like they could have totally done this during the last Wrestle Kingdom. The fact that they're doing this during this Wrestle Kingdom. It's kind of missed its mark, I feel like. I wouldn't say naman na too late by a year, but given the events of you know, New Japan Cup, Evil turning on LIJ, I wish na a match like this would have happened sooner. Yeah, uh, I don't think... Uh, it could. This couldn't have happened last year because Evil turned this year. Yeah. So, um... However long it's been... It just it's been a long year, I get like, it. It's been a long year. Yeah, it, it, it feels like it could have happened sooner is what I'm trying to say. Okay, all right. Uh, next up, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship will be defended. Taiji Shimori versus the winner of Hiromu versus El Fantasmo. It's Hiromu. I expect Hiromu to win the championship back. Ano to? Parang feel-good moment, regardless of what yeah. happens in the main event scene? Yeah, yeah. Something nice for uh, LIJ. Mm-hmm. All right, and finally, 
the double championships will be on the line on night two. So Jay White, who is the current holder of the G1 contract, takes on the winner of Naito versus Ibushi. So Ro, you predicted it'll be Ibushi in the main event against Jay White. Yeah, um, I think they're trying to push both at the same time. But I think there's only space for one person to really get the push. And I think it's still Ibushi's time. Uh, not everyone likes Jay White still. But again, uh, it's one of those things where I can totally be off base and Gato pulls a swerve on us just to uh, give Ibushi a hope spot to yank the rug away from under his feet. Um, I, I still see Ibushi winning this, everything. everything. But yeah, Shempre, it could go a totally different way. It could still be Naito. It could, still be, it could be Jay White still, but it's Ibushi for me. Okay, um, as we zoom out here from the Wrestle Kingdom 15 card, uh, right around this time last year, we had our friend Stevie from the Geeky Juans on the show, right? And he yeah. was to- uh, talking to us about the importance of the double gold dash, which was his storyline heading into last year's Wrestle Kingdom, how it was supposed to be a vehicle for Naito to really um, basically make up for how they sort of did him dirty, it's a booking before, and how um, Naito's finally earned it. Uh, but a year after that, a year's, a year has passed, is it time to split the championships? Yes, sobrang sobrang gasgas Like this is um, keeping the championships together at this point, especially when you don't have the IWGP US Championship, is lazy booking. Because uh, you're depriving your upper mid card or whatever amounts your upper mid card a championship to to fight for, and uh, keeping them together is just plain. Uh, laziness, because you don't want to write for another championship. It gets kapag jump pa yung ano, US championship if Moxie was able to be around, but he's not. So I think you need that stepping stone again. Mm-hmm. All right. So those are our Wrestle Kingdom 15 predictions. Let us know what you think. Agree, disagree, any violent comments. Uh, sana di bashadong violent. Send them our way at Wrestling2XPod on Twitter at Roiswar at Chino Supersized and at underscore Stan C We're almost at the end of our last real episode of the podcast because after this we've got the year-end awards and that's always a special one so um, on a pick of the week do we have any yeah. for this week? Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah so you go don't you it. have a pick? yeah I have I'm just asking but we're prepared no I have a pick have so a let's pick. start with you Chino my first pick goes out to the Kevin Owens, uh, the Kevin Owens Chronicle episode. The Chronicle, okay. <laughs> no, 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 you're gonna have to match. I actually just watched the Chronicle just before we started recording this. It's such a very intimate look into his personal life, uh, which again, Chronicle does really well, especially considering that this, the storyline going into this is Kevin Owens is doing this for his family. It's like prize fighter Owens na hindi. So you get to see what his family's actually like, and you get to see how he ended up in this situation by his whole wrestling journey in 30 minutes. So it's always very good. Um, an honorable mention for me would have to be Sasha versus Carmella because it was incredibly, it was very, it was a very passionate match. And I like Black James Ellsworth. Uh, I think they should keep him. See, Reginald Thomas, <laughs> the, the Somalier. Yeah, yeah, the Somalier. <laughs> what so, did you call him? Somalier. Black James the Black James Ellsworth. <laughs> Can I just say, hold on. Can I just say really quickly that when Corey Graves started calling him the Somalier, I was about to say, wait long, was he being racist and calling him a Somalian? And then, I, no, obviously, I, the did, I didn't know what a Somalier was. I had to fucking Google it. Jesus Christ. A Somalier is, a, it's, okay, fun fact, 
Carmela in real life is actually launching her own wine uh, business, winery. She's actually working with a winery out in Pittsburgh because if there's one thing Pittsburgh is known for, it's wine. So <laughs> they're not known for wine. That's the joke. They're not known for wine. But she's working with somebody from Pittsburgh. I heard because Corey Graves is from at- Pittsburgh and she probably lives there now. Yeah, probably. Yeah, no. Say, uh, also, it's because she really loves her wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, uh, apparently she grew up in Napa Valley. Okay. According to her. Yeah, yeah, she's from California. She's a California. According girl. to her after the Bell interview, so wine is something that she's really passionate. It's about. very alta. In Pittsburgh. It's, 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 <laughs> sorry. It's very in alta. Uh, it, 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 it's actually nice that they were able to incorporate something from her real world into her. And hey, at least I learned a new word. I now know what a sommelier is. I also know that it is not racist. Okay, cool. Uh, Ro, pick of the week. Okay, I'm going to pick Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. This is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for the reasons we've already mentioned earlier. Yeah, I was going to pick uh, KO versus Roman as well. You know, probably the best match we've um, seen in the last couple of days. So there. Um, nothing from Impact before we close the show because this week's Impact is just a highlight, a highlight reel of. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't I everything that went down. Yeah, so. What about that? holiday break. Yeah, I guess. And then WWE. SmackDown was free tape, so. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, to be fair, to be fair, uh, they, they gave us that. All right. Um, couple of reminders before we end this episode. Uh, first off. Um, another Christmas gift that we can ask for is that you use our Mr. Speedy code. It's kind of hard to book a courier right now because of the Christmas rush, but if you're able to book a courier, I hope it's from Mr. Speedy. So please use our code, by the way, Wrestling Wrestling X Mr. Speedy, because we can get you 50 pesos off your first order. Again, 50 pesos off your first order. Ang laking discount nun kasi sobrang surge din yung prices ng mga courier right now. And Mr. Speedy's most affordable same-day delivery rate is really able to get you the best prices on your delivery, whether it's for food or items or gifts or whatever else, as long as it's, you know, um, something that they can actually transport from point A to point B. So uh, you can book your deliveries over at mrspeedy.ph or on the Mr. Speedy app, which you can get on the App Store, on Google Play, or on the Huawei Mobile Gallery. And yung off for our listeners to use the promo code Wrestling Wrestling X Mr. Speedy is available in Metro Manila, Cebu, and nearby provinces. All right, uh, year end episode is coming out in between Christmas and New Year, so you can expect that in a few days. As for us, uh, you can hear more of us on our respective podcasts and streams. So, Chino, my holiday episodes by in Class Clown. We do not have a holiday episode, but my latest episode, which I released just last week is still out i implore you all to listen to it it's about fitness it's a little harder to get fitness in during the holiday season don't we know it so i talked to uh two coaches from the movement studio about working out especially during the quarantine how they've adjusted to it things people can do to start their own workout journeys and all that on this week's latest episode of basketball I listened to that last night. It was pretty good. Yeah, okay. Good. All right. Uh, Ro, are you going to be streaming on Twitch during the holidays? Yes. Actually, uh, if everything goes right, uh, we will have a Dungeons & Dragons holiday stream on Christmas Day. Because I'm sure no one is going to go out on Christmas. And by the time you start streaming, you're all safe at home as though you actually went out. So if you're looking for something to do, 
on Christmas night, we'll be doing that because we're all bored yeah. and we have to find uh, a way to pass the time. So as it's at twitch.tv slash shang underscore daddy, S-H-A-N-G underscore D-A-D-D-Y. I just got to say that Dungeons and Dragons is actually good training for voice acting. So I might give that a shot yes. over the holidays. Um, a lot of voice actor friends have been getting into D&D as a way to train themselves for my character roles. So uh, I'll, I'll give that a shot this weekend. Um, of course, as with everything, please uh, check out smarthenry.com. That's where we um, put out a lot of our reviews and our columns and thoughts before we get them on the podcast. And the radio podcast that I do on the side, On Deck, has a holiday episode featuring Kaz from Mellow947, who's more known right now as one of the voice actors behind Endless Love and Everywhere I Go, the really popular Turkish teleseries that are being shown on ETC. So we get into that, um, um, his journey as a voice actor and how it feels to be part of um, a, a little phenomenon here in, uh, in, in Metro Manila. So that should be a fun episode. All right, uh, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Thank you to everybody who's been with us for 2020. We're going to wrap this year up the best way we can in the next one. And um, as with anything, please stay safe, stay healthy, keep those masks on if you have to go out. And thank you to Babyface producers Nikai and Sola for always taking care of the podcast. Shout out to the Podcast Network Asia team. And on behalf of Ro Moran and Chino Liao, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas, you filthy animal, and a Happy New Year. We are out this episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast is in the books. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.